notice that we're starting a new series here for the rest of this year called Back to the Basics. We're going to look at some of the basics of our Christian faith. Tonight we're going to look at baptism. Another night we're going to look at communion or the Lord's Supper. We're going to look at what is the gospel. We're going to look at things like what does grace mean? We often talk about grace. What does that really mean in the Bible? So we're going to look at some of the things. I think we're going to look at Sabbath. But I'm the only, the only time I'm talking is this week, so you don't, you don't have to see me ever again. But we're going to start by talking about baptism. One of the basic principles of our faith is baptism. And so my goal tonight is to think a little bit about, hi Finley, a little bit about what it is, why we do it, what it means, and then have some good ideas for some discussion questions as you head into small group. So, I want to start by saying something very basic about baptism. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward reality. Baptism is an outward expression. It's something that speaks outwardly of something that is going on inside. And I'd like to say that that inside thing is that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. That baptism is an outward expression of something inward. And that thing is that we are dead to sin and alive to Christ. This is what I really want you to think through. So uh, maybe this seems silly, but say, dead to sin and alive in Christ. That baptism is an outward reality, an outward expression of an inward reality that because of what Jesus has done, we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. But some of you may be going, I still don't know what baptism is. So Finley, since you waved, come over here. Baptism, uh, take, take the sweatshirt off your waist, we're just going to get that over there. So, in different churches, baptism can look a little different. And here at the chapel, we're an interdenominational family of faith. And so, baptism can be a sprinkle of water, or it can be a dunk of water. But a lot of times, at our church, baptism looks like this. Come on, Finley, come with me. Come with me. Wait. Just wait. We're getting there. Put this on. Come on. No, no. You got No. What are you? Yep. You got it. Yeah. Now, come on with me. Come on. Don't bother. Come on. We're going up here. So baptism can look like this. That on a baptism Sunday, don't fall, please. Wow, the water's really warm in here. There's no water in here, just in case you're wondering. But baptism here can look like getting in a tub of water, and maybe I'd say, here, let's, oh, we don't really have to button you up. It's not real, is it? Okay. So, I would say, Finley, based on your profession of faith in Jesus Christ and your desire to be unified with him in his life, death, and resurrection, hold your nose because we're going under, <laughs> I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of, and, of the, uh, and of the Holy Spirit. I did it. Yeah. I didn't even mean to do that. I actually fell. So, that's a little bit what baptism can look like. But again, come on, Finley, don't fall. We're going to make our way out. You can go back to your seat. But that act of baptism is an outward expression of an inward reality. 
that we are dead to sin and we are alive in Jesus Christ. Now, baptism, again, looks different in, in different churches. But what things, don't, don't go forward, make sure you leave it on that one. What things are, seem to always be present in a baptism? What things do you always have in a baptism? Water. Water, that's a good one, right? Whether it's a sprinkle or a dunk, there's water. Good. What other things are always present in baptism? A person, a person right? Yes. Although we eat puppies and pancakes, well, we don't eat puppies. Although we have puppies and pancakes, we don't baptize animals, right? Yeah, we baptize people, right? So there's a person. What else is present? Robes. In our church, we often wear white robes to talk about being dead to sin and alive in Christ. And that white robe helps describe that, yeah? Pastors. A lot of times there's pastors present. Yeah, what else, Brett? Family. There's people watching. In baptism, there's people watching. Wait up. Don't jump out of your seat quite yet. Because we like to say publicly that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. And so we don't get baptized by ourselves in a closet in the dark. We get baptized out in front of people. So that everybody knows we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. I'll take one more and then I'm going to keep moving. What is present in the back? Community, yes. We do it in community. Like we were saying, we do it in public. But again, what I want us to think through is that baptism is an outward expression of an inward reality. That we are dead to sin and we are alive in Christ. And although we just named lots of things that are present at baptism, like community and pastors and people and friends and white robes, I want to talk about water. Because water is something very interesting to me in the Bible. And I love when we find things like water to think about different stories. Oh, I'll go back. Different stories that have water in it in the Bible. Who can think of a Bible story that has water in it? Yeah. The woman at the well has water, and Jesus says, I'm living water. Yes. Jonah and the whale. There's water, right? Jonah jumps in. The whale, the fish, eats them, right? There's water there. What else? Noah's Ark. Good reading. It has water in it. Lots of water in Noah's Ark. Yeah, you see her. Yep, there's a, well, Jesus gets baptized. There's water there, yep. Parting of the Red Sea. Yeah, there's water there. There's walking on water. What do you got, Brendino? Yep, we just got it. Way to catch yourself. What do we got, Finley? Yep, we got a disabled guy that plunges into the water and comes out whole. Kind of feels like baptism in some ways. Tucker? He does turn water into wine, but we're not going to do that tonight. I don't think your parents would like that. So, um, there is lots of stories with water. And just like, I'm not going to take any more. And just like baptism has water, I want to think about that. So I want to think about a few stories with water. One that we all know, I think, would be Noah and the ark. Right? These people are living around. 
and they start doing things that God doesn't like, right? And so God says what? He says, I'm going to send a flood. I'm going to send water. And if you get stuck in that water, what's going to happen? You're going to die. There's going to be an interesting theme in all these water stories. Water's going to get you. Okay? So Noah's ark, God sends water. But he talks to Noah and he tells Noah to do what? Build a boat. And he tells him to bring animals onto the boat and people onto the boat. And when the earth floods, what happens to that boat? It floats. And everybody on the boat do they die or do they live? They live. Everybody on the boat lives. In this story, everybody dies unless God makes a way. And his way was the boat. That the water was going to kill everybody. And everybody dies unless God makes a way. But there's another story. Moses in the Red Sea. Moses is leading a million people. Right? And he comes to the edge of a sea. Let's put the sea over here. You guys can be the sea. He comes to the edge of the sea. And all the people camp there. They stop there. And while they're stopped there on the edge of the sea, what starts chasing them? Does anybody remember? The Egyptians. The Egyptian army. They come with chariots and horses and spears and weapons and they are going to do what to all the people of Israel? They are going to kill them. Death is coming at them. But if they jump into the sea, what's going to happen? They are going to die. Again, everyone's going to die unless what happens? Unless God makes a way. And so what does God tell Moses to do? He parts the sea and everybody walks through the sea on dry land. And after everybody crosses, the Egyptian army goes in the water. And what happens? The water crashes on top of them. And what happens to the Egyptian army? They die. Because in the water, everyone dies unless God makes a way. Ready? I'm going to say the first part and then say unless God makes a way. So in the water... Everyone's going to die unless... In the water, everyone's going to die unless... Noah's Ark. Everyone dies unless God makes a way. In Moses and the Red Sea, everyone dies unless God makes a way. There's another story. The disciples. They're in a boat with Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. And a big storm starts raging. And the waves are crashing. And the water is coming onto the boat. And what do the disciples scream? We're going to die. Because the water is going to kill them. And so they go to Jesus. And they wake him up because he's asleep. And they say, Jesus, help. And does anybody remember what Jesus does? He stands on the boat and he says, quiet, peace, be still. And all the waves stop. And the wind stops blowing. And the rain stops falling. And once again we have a water story. Where everyone's going to die unless. In the water 
everyone dies unless in Noah's ark, unless God made a way and told Noah to build a boat, everyone would die. In Moses in the Red Sea, everyone was going to die if God didn't make a way through the water. The disciples in the storm, everyone was going to die unless God made a way. Finley, come back up here. In baptism, come here, put your sweatshirt down, come here. If I were to baptize Finley, plug your nose, we're going under, and I hold him into the water, Grace may want me to hold him in the water a long time. That's his oldest sister, older sister. If I hold him in the water, what's going to happen to Finley? But in baptism, we know that Jesus makes a way. That we are dead to sin. We are dead to sin. And we are alive in Jesus. That we are dead to our sins. And we are alive in Jesus. Because... Baptism is an outward expression of what's happening in our lives. That because of what Jesus has done, even though we are dead in our sins, he makes us alive in Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say happens because of our sin? Anybody know Romans 6.23? For the wages of sin is... Good job. The wages of sin is death. That we all deserve death. That we all deserve because of our sin to die. But the beautiful reality that baptism reminds us is that in Jesus Christ, he makes a way. In fact, in John chapter, keep going. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Baptism shows us that we are dead in our sin. And we are alive in Christ. And that the only way for us to find a path through the water. A path through death. A path through our sin. And to be free from our sin. Is through Jesus Christ. Because what did Jesus Christ do for us? He died. He took our death so that we could have life. He took our death so that we could have life. Baptism shows us that even though we are dead in our sins, we are alive in Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus has done for us. And that we have this water in the tank because we are reminded in all these stories in the Bible that in the water we don't survive. If I dumped you off in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, are you going to live? Now, I did say this to my son Wyatt the other day and he's like, I could swim across the Pacific Ocean. I don't think he really could. There is no way for us to make a way through our sins. 
There's no way for us to survive in the waters of death except through Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward reality that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. But I guess I have a question, and so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. How do we get that life? Right? Do we, do we just go and get baptized? Is there something magic about that moment? No. Baptism is not what saves us, right? What saves us is our faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says our faith in Jesus Christ is what saves us because Jesus saves us. Jesus made a way. And if we want to have that life, if we want to be able to make our way through death and into life, if we want to be dead in our sins and alive in Jesus Christ, then we put our faith in him. We say, Jesus, I trust you. But that's an interesting phrase. Jesus, I put my faith in you. Right? Like, what does that look like? I want to give us a picture of what that looks like. I need, where's MJ? MJ, I need you. Come here, MJ. Okay, MJ. Arms up, big guy. Well, arms in, I guess. Let's find a... All right, MJ is becoming Jesus for this next skit here. Is that the head? That's an arm, sorry. <laughs> that was really funny. I almost shoved your head through a sleeve. Uh, I don't, uh, well, I don't know if that's a belt. I don't know. Don't put the hood on. That looks a little funny. We'll do something like that. We'll do. <laughs> I, we'll just leave you like that. All right. Sometimes... I try to think of what pictures look like of having faith in Jesus. And so, although this is a little strange, I think this works pretty well. How many of you have a bicycle at home? How many of you have a tandem bicycle at home? A tandem bicycle is a bicycle that has two seats for two riders. Flip to the tandem bicycle. Anybody have a tandem bicycle at home? I would like to consider thinking about our faith as riding a tandem bike through life with Jesus. So, Jesus, and if, if we have faith in Jesus, I'm curious, let's ride our bikes, where I would be sitting with Jesus on the tandem bike. Now, the truth is, sometimes... I like to leave Jesus in the corner and drive my bike by myself. Does this look like dead to sin and alive in Christ? No. I don't have Jesus in my life at all. I'm biking wherever I want to go. To the right, to the left. I'm taking it wherever. Or sometimes, maybe I say I have Jesus in my life, right? And he says, turn left. No. I'm going to go straight. Does that feel like dead to sin and alive to Christ? Or maybe I just say, Jesus, can you shut your mouth for a little while and let me drive? Right? No backseat drivers in this bike, Jesus. Because maybe we know Jesus is telling us, turn right, turn right, turn right. <laughs> I meant more like, you're going to crash. Yeah, yeah, that's better. Do that again, louder. Turn right, turn right, turn right. Ah, no. Or maybe 
Maybe it's only when we're really scared. Jesus, there's a big rock in front of us. I don't know what we're going to do. You drive. Ah! And that's when we let Jesus take control. When we're most scared or something bad happens. How many of you honestly think you pray more to Jesus when something's bad or you have a big test or a hard game than when things are going well? Because when things are going well in our life, we often go, hey Jesus, just face that way and don't say anything. I'm going to take this one myself. Does this look like dead to sin and alive in Christ? No. If we want to be, stay there for a minute, I may still use you, Jesus. Great job, MJ. If we want to be dead in our sins and alive in Christ, then we have to surrender to Jesus. It's just like we do in baptism. Well, now I feel like I shouldn't be baptizing Jesus, but Jesus got baptized. In baptism, if I baptize MJ, doesn't he have to trust me? Doesn't he have to believe that I'm not going to hold him under the water? That I'm not going to drop him on the ground, but I'm going to bring him back out to life? That's the trust that we have in Jesus Christ. That's the faith we have. And when we have that faith in Jesus Christ, when we trust Jesus to direct us left or right in our life, that's when we find ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ. Because we're all dead unless... Unless Jesus makes a way. And he did make a way. And so we give our lives to him. You can go back to your seat in your Jesus costume. So as you head to small groups in just a moment, I want you to think about this. Maybe some of you are juniors and seniors and you're thinking about your future. Where's Jesus on your tandem bike as you think about what's next? Or when your parents are asking you to do things, where's Jesus on your tandem bike? When you are frustrated with your brother or sister, Grace and Finley, how do you treat your brother or your sister? Where's Jesus on your tandem bike? In your dating relationships, where's Jesus on your bike? When you're on a sports field and you're playing your rival team, where's Jesus on your tandem bike? How you spend your money, what you look at on your phone. Where is Jesus on your tandem bike? Because when we let Jesus, when we surrender to Jesus, we find that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. Because Jesus has made a way. Let me pray for you and then Brett, do I just send him off or you take over? You'll take over. Great. Jesus, we know that baptism doesn't save us. We know that you do. And we know that baptism shows us that we are dead in our sins, but you make us alive through your gift of life, Jesus Christ. Jesus, will you show us that life? Will you help us to surrender and to let you take control? Will you, will you help us invite you into every part of our life so that we can be dead to our sins and alive in Jesus Christ? I ask these things in your name.